many managers fall into the advice trap. The advice trap is that we think we need to know all the answers and it's the misconception that when someone asks the manager a question, the manager should be able to give immediate advice. It sounds like a great strategy, but to become a leader people love to work with, this is counterproductive. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? That's the question and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shaw, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders. I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Well, I have something special for you. Now, I knew that I wanted to talk about coaching and the advice trap a little bit more on this podcast, but it occurred to me that this will be released the exact day that my new book, The Confident and Competent New Manager, How to Rapidly Rise to Success in Your First Leadership Role, will be published. And I'm saying this as I'm holding the first proof copy in my hands, which feels really exciting. Um, I decided to actually read specifically from the book about this issue of the advice trap and what, what it means and why you should consider becoming more of a coach-like leader. Now, this particular section I'm going to read to you is part of the four shifts, the four mental shifts to be specific, that people have to go through when they transition from an IC, an individual contributor role, into their first leadership role. And if they want to do this successfully, there are not only new skills that need to be learned, but there are also specific shifts that need to happen in our mental models in order to be successful, not only as an expert leader, which you might have been as an IC, but now also or instead as a people leader, which is a whole new ballgame. In my book, I not only talk about the four most important shifts someone has to go through, I give tactical advice and I talk about how to become a better leader and the process to use to continuously grow your leadership skills. Now, if you listen to this podcast on May 17th or May 18th, then we're in the midst of our launch phase, which means you're going to get a really good deal on the ebook which will be 99 cents which is a no-brainer or the print versions at a reduced cost as well since we're officially launching this very week i will drop the amazon link down below and what i haven't mentioned yet when you purchase the book you'll also get access to a range of different digital resources including a disc assessment. All of this combined could be way worth over $100, but you get all this for free when you purchase the book. So check it out. Um, And if you like it and you appreciate it and you want to support me or this podcast or the book in itself, and you are so kind to write a review, then this would mean the world to me. As an author of a book, the reviews or even a podcast host, these reviews really matter a ton. 
And buying the book right when it comes out is really important. And leaving a review is sort of the cherry on top. Um, I will read all of those and respond to all of those. So if you've seen changes, if you've received value from this podcast, you notice that you're doing things differently or you're thinking about your leadership or yourself differently, then grab a copy of the book, skim through it or read a particular chapter that's relevant to you. And if you would be so kind to leave an honest review, that would simply be amazing. Okay, enough of that. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to share this with you. This is from page 63 in the book. It's shift number two, moving from advising to coaching. Here we go. Do you know someone who loves giving advice, even if you don't ask for it? You share a tough situation, maybe a vulnerable moment, and the second you stop talking, their advice comes at you like water out of the fire hose. You notice a bit of a disconnect in that moment, but you listen, yes, you nod, and maybe you actually kind of agree with their suggestion and are therefore grateful for their inputs. But if I had to make a guess, many times that wasn't really what you needed or even wanted. What you were really hoping for was for someone to just listen to so you could talk it out loud, for someone to relate or at least empathize with you. Maybe you were also hoping to get some clarity on what to do next, not because someone had to tell you what to do, but because you had the time to reflect and decide what next steps seemed most right to you. Most of us can relate to this. It happens all the time, be this at work or in our private lives. It's like humans are trained to problem solve and give advice the moment a challenge is brought to their attention. It's not really a surprise when you think about the education system we were brought up in. Regardless of where you went to school, I guess that 99% of us learned to listen to a question and then we were supposed to give an answer, right? We learned that we had to grasp the problem and then immediately solve it. And when we did so, we would get praised and receive good grades. All the while, our brains formed the patterns that would lead us to always want to swiftly answer questions and solve problems down the road. In fact, this pattern was great while you were in school and even served as a great success strategy as an IC. If you're good at problem solving and love answering questions and building a deep knowledge base as a result of it, then people likely love that about you. There's even a good chance that this particular strength, meaning the ability to problem solve and to be the go-to person for advice and expertise, was one of the reasons why you got promoted. But now a new era has begun for you. The era in which you are no longer an IC, but a leader to others. And that very strength that got you promoted can now be the one thing that will hold you back. The mental shift you have to make to succeed as a new manager is to stop advising and problem solving every time someone brings a challenge to you. In other words, instead of telling people what to do, you have to teach them how to think so they learn to solve problems themselves. You have to practice the skill of coaching. This is at the core of being a great leader. And I actually bet that, you, that this doesn't come as a surprise to you, especially if you're a frequent listener to this podcast. And the internet is full of articles about Gen Z wanting coaches, not bosses and the like. And academia is weighing in as well. In 2019, the American Psychological Association published research that validates the assumption that managers who use coaching skills benefit from higher employee engagement levels, better working relationships, and employees reduced intention to quit. 
In my experience helping leaders develop their coaching skills, I see how with their ability to hold back on advising and inquiring with curiosity first, they're able to improve their direct reports individual performance, reduce the dependency direct reports have on them to create a more autonomous team and increase an individual's motivation to execute and excel on a project and to do so with full ownership. Yes, many times, although not always, it takes more time to coach someone than to advise them. It may also feel less comfortable and less rewarding if you can't share your intelligence, your great ideas and problem solving skills, but instead you have to bite your lips and inquire further into their thinking and explore what great things they can come up with or what actually keeps them stuck. Coaching is therefore certainly not an ego play and not a short-sighted move. Quite the opposite. It's an investment in other people's development that will pay off hugely over time. And it's that reason that coach-like leaders are so much more respected and effective than average leaders. But coaching is a skill that needs to be learned and practiced over time. So I want to ask you a few questions. Answer each question with either a one for rarely, a two for sometimes, or a three for usually. Now the chances are high that you're not at a desk where you could take notes, but simply answer these questions in your mind as I go through this. For those where you're giving yourself a one or a two, take a quick note somewhere or even on your phone because those are definitely the things that you want to investigate. Think about some more. Okay, one for rarely, two for sometimes, three for usually. The first question is this. I help employees recognize their strength and areas for improvement. Is that a one, a two, or a three? Next up, I help employees understand the impact of their behavior. Third question, I help employees identify any potential misalignment between their intended impact and how others actually experience them. Next question, I encourage my employees to challenge their own assumptions and explore new ideas and approaches. Next up. I help employees come up with their own solutions rather than imposing mine. And we got two more. I demonstrate that I trust them to come up with solutions and I instill confidence in their abilities to problem solve and execute independently when appropriate. And the last question, I support my employees in identifying goals that will have the most impact on their success at work. Now, there are more questions in this in the book, and I'm skipping a couple of questions just for the conciseness of this podcast. But I hope you took note on those questions, especially where you felt like, ah, I don't really have a plan on how to go about this, or I don't do this consistently with my team. But now let's go back to the book and talk about how to actually become a more coach-like leader. There are many different routines and practices that will help you become more coach-like as a leader. But the most important of all is to develop a solid understanding of what coaching conversations look like and when and how to have them. Let's start with the definition of coaching. The definition that I like for this particular context is that coaching is just a way of communicating that helps your counterpart think and learn versus you teaching them. What that means is that we want to be a little more curious and ask more questions rather than just giving advice. In other words, the goal is to tame your advice monster, the inner drive to give advice and problem solve right away. And that's what will make you 
more of a coach-like leader. Now you might say, okay, this is all nice, but uh, why should I do this? I'm doing pretty okay with giving advice and my direct reports actually appreciate straightforward suggestions. And I don't have the time in meetings to embark on a long journey of questioning. I get it. It definitely feels easier and is faster to simply jump in and problem solve for others, at least in most cases. But the reason why coaching helps you to actually develop others and will keep them a lot more motivated and engaged is because of the following equation. And I learned this equation originally from Marshall Goldsmith. The effectiveness of execution equals the quality of an idea multiplied by the commitment to execution. Let me repeat this. The effectiveness of execution equals the quality of an idea multiplied by someone's commitment to execution. So when we look at the success of a project, it's not that it's not just the idea that makes that project successful. It's also the commitment to execution that drives success. So when you give advice and you tell other people what to do, then you are more of that control and command type of leader, even if that's not an attribute that you identify with because you're not controlling. But simply the act of giving advice as a default response to any challenge or question makes you more of a command-like leader versus a coach-like leader. So looking at that equation, your advice may increase the quality of the idea or the quality of the process, but it lowers the other person's commitment to make it work. Think about your own experience with this. When you get to execute your own ideas and your strategies or tactics, it's a lot more interesting and exciting than it is to execute someone else's plan. When it's not your plan, you likely feel the need to check back with your boss more often to make sure you're still on the same page. And it might also feel a tad less motivating to go the extra mile than if it was your very own game plan. Plus, if the execution was a success and it was you who fully owned it, then this success and the recognition that comes with it is so much more meaningful than if you simply executed someone else's plan. So I invite you to make this equation part of your day-to-day thinking when you consider whether or not you should give advice. And although you might add this to your leadership system, side note, this is something I explain in the book, and you're all on board with it, you might still struggle with actually doing it. And that is totally normal. We're so patterned to give advice. Plus, most managers don't see this coach-like approach role modeled very often. There's a high chance that your past and your, even your current managers are very quick with giving advice themselves. But by giving advice, you not only reduce a person's level of commitment, you also deprive them from the opportunity to sharpen their own problem-solving skills. You're telling them what to do and aren't actually teaching them how to think. And that concludes this particular section in the book that I wanted to share with you. It is one of many. And as I said, the book in itself comes with additional digital resources and a disc assessment, all included in the price of the purchase of the book, which will for a short time during this launch period be available at only 99 cents for the ebook and a reduced price for the print versions as well. So what are you waiting for? If you are listening to this podcast and you find this valuable, you will love the book. So head on over to Amazon, grab a copy of The Confident and competent new manager how to rapidly rise to success in your first leadership role the link will be in the show notes below thanks so much this will be a super exciting week for me and i appreciate you for listening i appreciate your support um 
I am just beyond grateful to be able to have this opportunity to share such insight and to offer guidance and support to you as someone in my universe. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye for now.